Hello, everyone. Welcome to Reservations. We're your hosts. I'm Rain Whalen. And I'm William de Blasio. <laughs> so instead of uh, no. Irish and Scottish names, now you're, you're Italian? Yeah, I went Italian this time. I thought that would uh, thought they'd break up the monotony of all of the Irish and Scottish names. No. And I'm your good Willem de Friend, Alex Horton. That was amazing. Willem de Friend. Willem de Friend. <laughs> I'm not your Defoe, I'm your DeFriend. <laughs> God. <laughs> well, welcome back, everyone. Um, episode's only downhill from there. That was great. As you can tell, uh, our buddy Alex is back. Uh, before we hop into it, dudes, we saw Tenet together. Yeah. Uh, that was the, the best movie I've seen in theaters since the shutdown. It's the only movie I've seen in theaters <laughs> since the shutdown, but it was also very, very good. I, I very much enjoyed and. No one's new film. I think it was super red. Yeah, I loved it. I think like so. Everyone's most people have seen Inception, and we were very. It's a very intense movie as far as like understanding go. Tenet is like five notches higher than that. Mm-hmm. So. But credit to Chris for at least trying to help you get it. Just a I little. F- bit. I feel like most of the time. <clears throat> He does a very good job of helping us understand. I f- but I do feel like it with is, Interstellar, he was like, nah, you yeah, got to Interstellar, it out. was like, he, he kind of let himself go a little bit. But it's know, peak most Nolan. of it is like, you know, the prestige, there's like, I, I, I was watching a video about it the other day, and I think there's like 160 time jumps mm. between you. You're oh, still yeah. able to grasp like when, right. what time you're in oh, when yeah. you're watching it. You know, I don't even think of that movie as having time jumps. That's how, you know, yeah. sort of seamless it is because, yeah. you know, when I think about it, I don't, I automatically think of the ending and then I think about, you know, the performances and blah, 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 all that. But I never think about the time jumps. And you're exactly right. There's a whole bunch of those. But yeah, Tenet was, uh, dude, Tenet was yeah, rad. Tenet was rad. Tenet was really, really good. Uh, I told my mom we saw it together and she was like, how was it? I was like, oh, it was great. My And my only complaint, and we all kind of had the same complaint, it was the, the sound mixing. Yeah. It was a little hard to, to understand certain parts. I feel like we missed maybe some key information. I will say that when I saw it last night, again, with my dad at Regal, um, yes, it was atrociously too loud. They they turned it up way too loud. But the the sound mixing was better. We could hear... Oh, okay. Like, not only were the sound effects and the music super loud, but so were the voices. Okay. So so you uh, probably got more information. Yeah, I did get a lot more dialogue this time. Uh, see, I was worried. I was like, man, we probably missed something. Yeah, Synergy didn't mix it quite right. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, just wanted to open with that, everyone. Because this week, we're talking about... A, I don't even know how to, how to intro this movie, dude. Because I'm just so excited to talk about it. Well, it's a Robert Eggers' follow-up to his acclaimed film, The Witch. Which I've um, still not seen. Which I love. I think it's phenomenal and a really good direction in modern horror films. Um, I, I like his style, and Ari Aster has kind of followed along uh, with similar techniques and similar ways of telling a horror film without using traditional horror film tropes, which right. I really like. Yeah. And this one is, is not, I wouldn't consider it a horror film. I don't. I consider it psychological for sure. Yeah. But uh, in case you missed it last week, we are discussing The Lighthouse. And uh, so we don't forget, there are spoilers if you have not seen the film. So pause the episode and come back when you when you finish it. The movie, not the episode. Finish the movie and then come back to the episode. 
And finish the episode. Yeah, and then finish the yeah, episode. Yeah, then finish the episode. Yeah, yeah. Come back here. Like and subscribe. Punch that notification bell. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, even do think there's that. a notification and bell. And I think uh, one thing should be said that I think Robert Eggers, much like Ari Aster, maybe David Lynch and some others, are people that probably desperately need to see a therapist, but I'm very thankful that they do not. Yes. I agree with that. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, you know, their stuff is so strange, and uh, watching Charlie Kaufman's new film last night, I would put him in that category as well. Um, And, you know, The Witch kind of came out of nowhere, right? It was sort of this surprise sleeper hit that actually got a theatrical release well, uh, it, in Lubbock. It where, feels where like it. when The Witch came out, that's when A24, people started kind yeah. of taking note of A24. Yeah, I think a lot of it had to do with uh, The Witch, as far as I know, was pro- helped produce by like the actual Church of Satan. Uh, they, uh, they, sort of? they backed it. So it okay. was the, and it was the Satanic Temple. So He okay, corrects yeah. you on that every time. I will, because they're completely two yeah, different I know they're different things. Yeah. I just get the names. Um, there's a great documentary about them on Hulu called uh, Hail Satan, with a question mark. Oh, yeah. It's I've fantastic. And across that. Yeah. Uh, many times. <laughs> it's great. I watched it. I recommend it, uh, just to get uh, an idea of who these people are and what their ideologies are. But anyway, I, I'm, you know, but that I mean I agree that that definitely helped me want to go see the movie more. Yeah, that, I think that pushed it out because everyone's talking about like, oh my gosh, this is the devil himself. Yeah, you know. My mom told me to say to do the sign of the cross before I walked in the. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely true. She's very Catholic. Uh, I I actually, hang on everyone, we'll get to the, the lighthouse. But I feel like I ran into you at before Hastings became not Hastings. When the witch had just like come out on DVD, I feel like I ran into you when we were talking about it. Oh yeah, walking around the whole store, yeah, yeah. just talking about it, and I was like, "What is this movie, dude? I'm seeing it everywhere." Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's, that, that. it's absolutely incredible. Um, and it, and this does matter, uh, and this does feed into the lighthouse because <clears throat> the reason why it's so incredible partly is because of all of the research and attention to detail that Robert Eggers puts yeah. into his films. Mm-hmm. And this is absolutely no exception. Yeah, I was watching an interview with Robert Pattinson. He was saying, you know, everything down to the silverware yeah. was period appropriate. Yeah. Uh, there was a couple of things that uh, in the director's commentary, he points out that it isn't technically accurate, but it helps the story move forward. And we'll get to that. But mm-hmm. we can start with the very opening shot of that steamship. Yeah. That is an actual steamship. He was like, you know, it's so far away, people probably think it's CG or it's a model and it's not. It's a real steamship and it's period accurate. That, that's one thing I noticed, like in the far away, like the really wide angle. Yeah. Like especially when there's storms, it looks, it feels so like a surreal painting yeah. to me, which I think is really cool because you know, like it feels real, but it also doesn't. At the same right. Time. And that's sort of how the entire movie is. And he never yeah. and he never uses models or anything like that. That lighthouse yeah. they built and it's real and it really works and the the exterior all of that is actually there. Was uh so was there anything on that little tiny island to begin with? Or? Um it's off the Cuz I thought there was like at least one little It's in Nova piece. Scotia. Um okay. and I think yes that or the way they built it, they could only build it with that super long corridor in between yeah. the house and the lighthouse um, because they needed to be in certain places for certain shots, right? Mm-hmm. And so from what I understand is no, on that particular part of Nova Scotia, there was nothing there. 
And so they just built the set there. Hmm. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah. I mean, and even down to the, the lenses and the actual film equipment they were using was antique and um, of a certain time period. Uh, really? There was one film lens they were using that was manufactured or whatever in like the 1840s. Really? Something like that, yeah. That's interesting. Um, you know, I, I, I love the aspect ratio of this film. Yeah. You know, which, you know, was intentional. You know, he, he wanted us to feel claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. And you do. Especially yeah. when all hell breaks loose. But... Yeah. Uh, so, Jeremy, where should we begin? Well, I mean, we can just start with the very beginning and start to talk about all the research that went into this film because um, as far as, you know, like using the real steam boat, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that was absolutely of the period and it was real and whatever, right? And they had another uh, boat off camera to produce all the fog, so the fog is real. Oh, that's great. Right? Um, mm. And little things like when they're watching, we get that great two shot of them mm-hmm. uh, when they're watching the boat yeah. go away, right? Yeah, but it's like they're looking right they're looking at us yeah right and um willem's character puts his pipe in his mouth upside down Mm -hmm. Uh, that is period accurate a lot of people who smoke clay pipes uh to just have the oral fixation would just pop it in their mouth upside down even if they weren't smoking it right Mm, okay um and so that's period accurate all of their clothing is period accurate they all have the um the acronym for the uh, Lighthouse Association uh, that would have existed at the time uh, on their buttons, on their clothing, on their hats, on everything. Wow. I know. Well, I guess they probably had to custom make the buttons. Then. Yeah. Because probably doesn't exist now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't remember if he said if some of the buttons were real or not. Um, but they all have accurate, you know, stamping. How, how they and, would look back. Right. That's very cool. God damn. I know. And so that's what makes, and that's what made the witch so good, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the language was verbatim from journals and literature that he had found at the time. And the, and the accents, too. And I'm right. pretty sure that carries over into this one. Too. It does. Uh, the accents are also accurate. Yeah. I, that same interview that I watched with Robert Pattinson, he was talking about his accent in the movie and how he found it so interesting that the accent comes from Maine, but these Maine fishermen almost held on to their. English roots, so it was like this very main accent, but rooted in English, like an original English dialect, almost. Yeah. So it's almost like his accent in the film is a cross between his natural British accent and like a Maine fisherman, and it's it's so cool. And it is odd sounding, right? Yeah. Um, and obviously, Willem's is very odd sounding because his is his does the God, I forgot the word, but the R he uses is like that pirate R, mm-hmm. right? Um, and they said that they can't prove that that was accurate, but in all of the stuff that they read and from the the woman they got a lot of the dialogue and uh, literature from, uh, it was impossible to read without it, right? <sighs> It's like you had to say the R that way because yeah. uh, oh, okay. she would write it uh, phonetically, and so mm. um, and, and so they can get the the accents down and the uh, the cadence and dialogue down because um, that's also very important. And um, Robert Pattinson's character was who was supposed to have been a lumberjack mm-hmm. before 
before being a fisherman or a, a seaman or whatever in the lighthouse. And so a wiki is what they wiki. they call him. Right. And um, and so his clothing, his clothing uh, reflects that he used to be a lumberjack because they were um, period accurate lumberjack shirts and pants. Mm. I know. Man, would never have known that otherwise. I'm not into lumberjacking as no? as you are. Yeah, I'm super into lumberjacking. Um, <laughs> and apparently, uh, sorry, uh, in the director's commentary, he talks a lot about the lumberjacking aspect of it, but. He said that uh, we traditionally think of lumberjacks as very gigantic bodybuilding sort of guys, but really they were built like Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Just kind of lanky, yeah. tall dudes. Yeah. He had to climb up. Like skinny jacked, you know what I mean? Mm. And Easy to climb a tree. And they would eat like then. three fried donuts a day, and they would their caloric intake was insane because they were swinging an axe all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Burning a bunch of calories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, that's that's enough of the lumberjack stuff, but I mean, <laughs> but all of that matters, right? All of that goes into how Robert's going to play his character, yeah, right. And it's just incredible the amount of detail and the amount of research that goes into that, and it matters, and it really makes a difference. Yeah, um, you know, this movie, I was really worried it was going to have a slow build <clears throat> until we got to the, you know, again, I don't consider a horror movie just like you, but. I was worried. It was like, it's going to be a slow build to the horror. And no, dude, he almost immediately things are tense. Things are, yeah. things are uncomfortable. And it's like from the get go. Yeah. And that's another inaccuracy that he had pointed out was uh, Willem wouldn't have worn his hat uh, at the dinner table. Uh, it's bad mm-hmm. luck to kill a seabird and it's also bad luck to wear your hat in the kitchen but he wanted uh, to give Willem some sort of authority Mm. uh, to I mean almost physically show that he is in charge right at all times he always has the hat on yeah makes sense yeah I want to say that I did see this movie in theaters very jealous and I feel like the aspect ratio because of that was even more because you know, you sit in a movie theater, you expect the entire screen. Mm-hmm. But then it's narrowed by, you know... By and it's narrowed more than, let's say, you're going to watch Charlie Coffin's new film tonight. Yeah. Uh, that one is also narrowed, but yeah. not nearly as, because it's made to look like early sound films. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that soundtrack, like every new technology, is so big that it takes up a lot of room. And it smushes uh, now your frame right. in the right. camera, Right. On the yeah. film strip. <clears throat> I looked it up. The aspect ratio is 119 by 1. Yeah. So it's basically a square. Yeah. yeah. It's almost a perfect square. Exactly. Uh, so, like, a good example is another episode we had done, which is uh, a ghost story. Yeah. That one's not as a perfect square. Right? Almost. Mm-hmm. But this one is, again, a little narrow. More narrow than um, a ghost story. Yeah. And, again, it's made to you know, feel like you're watching a movie from the 1920s or 1930s. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I know. You know, we, I think we kind of, I think, or oh, I think I mentioned it last week. <clears throat> you know, we were all supposed to go see it in theaters uh, when we went to Fort Worth to mm-hmm. visit set. But, like I said, I can't remember if the theater we were supposed to go to stopped showing it because, you know, I also had to cut our trip short down a day. Um, do you remember Alex? I think it might have been, or we might have just said 
we'll, we'll just it. wait. I think we might have just said because you know we're cutting it down today. We don't want to right spend yeah. you know too I, much watching that rather than going to the film set. Right, right. and I. I mean, both would have been very educational, right? Going mm-hmm. to the film set and watching this movie. Because, again, this movie is just so different. Yeah. Right? And it's it's taking traditional horror tropes, but adding sort of the small humor that's in the film mm-hmm. and this sort of claustrophobic uh, psychological tension, right? It, it makes it something completely different entirely. It's not one genre, right? This isn't a genre yeah. piece. Yeah. I wouldn't say. And when I saw it, I was at working in San Antonio because there's no local places that showed in here. And I went to eat dinner and it just happened to be next to a movie theater. So I looked at what was planned and it was like already 10 p.m. at night. And I was like, oh, sh- it's actually playing. I'm going to go see it. I don't yeah. care. I don't yep. care how late it is. Yeah. So I watched it, and there was, like, two other people in the theater. Because <laughs> it was, like, a Tuesday night. And we all just kind of, like, walked out and looked at each other, like, what did it happen? <laughs> and we just kind of silently walked away. And then I had to go home to my hotel room by myself, alone, and reflect upon the fever dream that I just had. Right. <laughs> but I loved every minute of it. Of course. You know, it's it's one of those things where you it sticks with you for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it. Man, I I've been I, <clears throat> I've been been kind of rewatching it sporadically today, you know, at work and like when I came home, and I've been telling everyone at work about it. I'm like, if you haven't seen it, you have to watch it. Like, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's insane and it's great, and the fact that there's only technically two characters. I mean, there are there is another cast member. We'll There's a couple, because then we also get um, not only the mermaid, mm-hmm. which we'll get yeah. into, but also uh, Willem's previous partner mm-hmm. uh, is in there for, like, I don't know, a couple shots. There's one. And, uh, and Ephraim's. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Robert, yeah. Robert Pattinson's also. His, his old foreman. Yeah. 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 It, man. Just, it's so crazy that just technically two actors carried this movie. No one else, and it was so good. At, at, you know, and before this movie came out, I I would have said, you know, because I would defend Robert Pattinson all the time. Because people, all yeah. they think about is Twilight, right? Yeah. And I'm like, guys, you got to see The Rover. You got to see Cosmopolis. Yeah. You know, you got to see these other films that he's done because they're amazing. And this is no, this is no exception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... He, yeah. I, I really hate that everyone compares him to Twilight and only Twilight because mm-hmm. he has so much better range more range than what that movie had to offer right and now we get the Batman right and he's gonna be our new Bruce Wayne well yeah. once he gets over COVID yeah I'll be fine yeah. and now I really wish we get those two back and Willem Dafoe plays an old Joker <laughs> that would be amazing that would be probably cool probably won't ever happen that would be really cool but yeah Willem Dafoe is also amazing he's amazing in everything um, again another Willem Dafoe movie we're doing um, because he was in American Psycho yeah as well um, fantastic and the amount of physical stuff he had to do in this movie he's like 62 or something like that mm-hmm. and Robert Swinging Pattinson axes. slammed him into the wall you know <laughs> and that was actually Willem Dafoe and they were you know because uh, a lot of this is done 
a lot of this stuff is done practically, number one. And right. we'll get into just how insane that's going to sound once we start breaking down some of the really cool stuff he pulled off. Um, but another thing, he, he uses a lot of long shots, mm-hmm. right? Um, so he stays on these characters for a while and um, and let these actors make choices during their, their during their scenes. And so him just slamming Willem Dafoe in the wall, I mean, you know, that's just... It's not something you can... Right, you can't fake it. Right, and you can't fake it. Right, especially if you're holding on to them, you know, well before that. Yeah. Right? Um, Another thing I was very impressed with in terms of practicality was the seagulls. Mm, Yeah. So there's a shot where uh, Robert Pattinson is uh, lying down in his bed in the bunk, and the bird flies to the window and taps at the window and leaves. I was convinced that was CG. It was not. Uh, they had three seagulls, and they were all trained, and they could do anything. What about what about the scene where he's walking up with the wheelbarrow, kind of towards the beginning, and we see those seagulls, and they look like they're fake? They're not. Uh, the only seagull that was fake uh, was, was the one he killed. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was it. Um, the rest of them are real. So it's it's how the wind blows because he talks about that in the director's commentary. If they are, like, stagnant in the air and they're not moving anywhere... They look fake. And they're going against the wind. Mm. And so um, and so they look fake and they look puppeteered, but they're not. Yeah, wow. That's just what seagulls do. Right. Well, a lot of birds do that. Yeah. And so... Birds uh, are spies for the government. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah birds are real. No such thing as birds. Um, but I was really impressed by that. And I was really impressed at the seagulls that were able to do pretty much whatever they wanted for the movie. Yeah, so... So really, the only fake one we get is the one that attacks Robert, and he grabs and just yeah. beats the shit out of it. That's fake. Wow. He, and uh, Robert Eggers also said that's the only scene that would have been better in color because um, so much blood. Yeah, he said that on on the day it was so intense because that bird was getting redder and redder, and w- the water tank was getting redder and redder and redder, and on camera they're doing the. Um, Oh, what do they call it? Something chromatic. Yeah, I don't remember. Anyway, uh, it looks black. Right? Yeah. Um, I wonder if there was like a behind-the-scenes shot of it. Uh, yeah. That would have been. That would have been really cool because it apparently it's just strikingly red. Yeah. I think because uh, you know there's the one seagull that you know blocks his his pathway at that one point mm-hmm. that is missing an eye. Yeah. Which that is important for later. Yes. And I do believe. Orthochromatic. Orthochromatic. Thank the you. The eye is CGI. Like I don't think. Oh, I mean, yeah, the eye might not. Yeah, the be eye. Missing. They see. I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that they CGI the eye to be missing. Right. But it's seamless, man. Yeah. You would believe that that seagull really only has one eye. I know. And of course, it's very important that that seagull only has one eye. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's the seagull he ends up killing, right, and uh, beating to death on that water deck. Um. But let's talk a little bit about the lighthouse itself. Right. All right. So everything is period accurate and everything is real, right? And so when we finally get to see the the eight-sided lens that is the lighthouse, right? This little spinny thing. It's period accurate. And he was like, I know it looks like an Art Deco sort of, you know, fancy movie uh, lens, but that's how they actually look. Yeah. And it, it really worked, it really spinned, it really did all that stuff. I mean, it's amazing. 
the only thing that's different is it wouldn't have been that bright. Mm. All of the lanterns, because they were shooting orthochromatic, and because they were shooting on this um, this film stock, uh, they had to crank the light up so much to get exposure. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so when they were using the lanterns, they had to put a 600-watt bulb on a dimmer switch in those things to oh, get shit. to get enough light to see the two of them. It's fantastic cinematography. It is. I mean, it, it looks absolutely Because I'm gorgeous. assuming, just like with The Killing... <clears throat> Robert Eggers uses just the light that's in the scene to light the scene? Pretty much. He said that um, there was only a couple of times they'd have to cheat and use other light just to get enough to see something behind him or something like that. Mm. Um, that's about it. You're right. They would just use, most of the time... The la- the, the lanterns. Yeah. And he said that a lot of the crew members would be wearing sunglasses because of how unbelievably bright it was. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, all right. So I want to get to the mythology stuff, but I think to understand the mythology stuff, we have to get through the entire thing. Right. So we'll end on that. But um, I guess let's talk about how things just ramp up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and how things are, you know, also period accurate, which is amazing. Like the turpentine and honey. Um People actually used to drink turpentine and honey <laughs> if Jesus. they ran out of booze, oh. which is gross. It sounds disgusting. It's super intense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that whole scene is intense. And really, I, I think the switch in tone where things kind of, kind of go off the rails is when the boat doesn't come pick them up the first time. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is sort of tense between the two. Right. Just because, you know... Uh, Robert Pattinson is kind of he's kind of mouthy, I guess. Yeah. To yeah. Willem Dafoe and undermines him a little bit. And Willem yeah, Dafoe is Willem such Dafoe a is like, uh, yeah. yeah, you're not gonna do that. Do what I say, and he's just like, okay, fine. I think he's a little over over the top authoritarian. I think a little bit Willem Dafoe is yeah. right. Yeah, especially the scene when he was telling him how he did swab right. the floor, and he was like, I swabbed it twice over, and he was like, you didn't, and he was like, you know. I didn't come here to be a slave or a housewife, and I swabbed it. When I tell you I swabbed it twice over, and then he cuts him off. It's like, if I tell you that you're going to swab this ten times, you'll do it. Yeah. If I, yeah. If I tell you you're going to rip every every board up and yank every nail out of its hole and suck off the rust, he says. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you'll do it, you'll and do you'll it. love it. <laughs> and he's like, aye, sir. Aye, sir. Aye. Um, so... So once we, once they also love that. Yeah. Uh, at the very beginning, when Robert Pattinson says yes, sir, he's like, no, we say I here, because <laughs> you know he he's he's basically a, a sailor that can't sail because of his leg, right? For whatever reason, we're not sure yet. Yeah. Uh, but he's you know he still wants that. Uh, yeah, he wants to live the lifestyle. Yeah, and he wants you know, you know he wants everything to feel like he's still on that ship, right? That he can't be on. And it, it makes him say, aye, sir. What's disappointing about the cinematography is you don't get to see his tattoos really well. Uh, because yeah. they gave him tattoos on his arms and on his chest. Yeah, you just see the, the one on his chest. Kind of, right? Kind of, yeah. When he's It's up. a lot darker in yeah. real life, right? But with the with the cinematography and with the, the lens they were using and the lighting they were using, you couldn't really see it. Yeah, you could only really see it when he's up in the lighthouse that first time. Right toasting the lighthouse and you kind of see the ship 
yeah. right there. Right dead center. In his and that's chest. about yeah. it. Yeah, man. Um, I was going to say... We're talking about, the, you know, things change whenever... Right, when they don't get picked up. Yeah. Right? And so now Robert's character starts drinking a lot. Right? Because he wasn't really drinking before that. Um, especially during the very beginning when he's trying to toast yeah. with the alcohol. He said, no, he wants water. Right? Yeah. Um, but now it's just like, fuck it. We don't know when we're leaving. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and that's and that's something that I that I caught the second rewatch is because <clears throat> I missed it when, uh, you know, when when Willem's like, you know, we need we need to start rationing, and he's like, we're talking about rationing, and he's like, it's a week. He's like, what do you mean a week? He's like, yeah, that was a week ago. He's like, well, he's like, they, he's like, no, we passed out drunk. What do you mean that was a week ago? And I never caught he's that. Like, the boat didn't come from, and you know, he was like, that was, was supposed week. to come two days ago. He's like, nope. He was like, that was a week ago. And see, now we're playing with time, right? In a very unique way where now we as the audience aren't sure. Yeah. Because they're not sure. Mm-hmm. Right? And we don't know who to believe. Right? Um, Willem could be lying to him just to save more food. Uh, or, you know, they're really starting to lose it. Yeah. You know? Um, one of Willem's great lines is asking them how long they've been there. Yeah. Right? Uh, and they're just not sure. Because these days start to, you know, get more fused together and become, you know, just one big long day, right? Yeah. Super interesting stuff. I'm a big fan of that. Um, but then we start getting more and more tension between the two of them. Um, Rob Robert's character starts really to lose it, right? Um, and his fantasies start getting a lot more, you know horrific and sexual overly sexual yeah Yeah. um and it's i mean they're they're ramping up right Mm -hmm. and now we're really building to the chaos that is the last you know 10 minutes of the movie what do you guys want to talk about with the slow ramp up because i know that we haven't really talked about the mermaid yet and we should um man Probably, probably for me, even in his state, Robert Pattinson was still like, I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I got to leave. And had the at least wherewithal, like, I need to get to the boat and I need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. The life vest is really strange, the one he puts on. Yeah. Uh, when he's trying to get to that uh, rowboat. Um, but anyway... Anything you want to add? Um, uh, I just like that. Uh, I just like the scene where he's chasing with the axe and he's limping. Willem <laughs> Dafoe, I think it's great. Yes, it's very uh, Shining esque. Yeah. Uh, him limping with the axe. Mm-hmm. Um, very uh, ironic too, because you know Robert Pattinson was a lumberjack. Right. Now he's being chased by a fisherman with an axe. With an axe. <laughs> um. So the the mermaid scene kind of comes out of nowhere only because you, I mean obviously it's a hallucination or a what is it right? But I like how it starts before even they get stranded, mm-hmm. right? You know, Rob Hansen sort of you, you know you kind of hear the the little siren noises it makes, little screeches, yeah. And you know, and he finds yeah. that little wood carving of a mermaid. Yeah, that's like one of the first scenes. He finds it in his bed. Yeah, and you know later on. He sees something out at sea, and he's like, what the hell is that? And then later on, he finds the mermaid, 
uh, you know, washed up on sea, and he fondles it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then it just, like, screams at him, and he freaks out. And I really love the, the sound design choice of the foghorn being his scream. Yeah. Right, because we don't hear him scream. We hear the foghorn instead, mm-hmm. uh, which I really like. And also, I should say that the vagina used for the mermaid, the gigantic vagina, um, was a shark's, uh, it's, uh, modeled after a shark's vagina. So, isn't that fun? That's all I ever wanted to know about this movie. Yep. Thank you. Man. And that's a wrap. Uh, <laughs> shark vagina, we're done. All right. Uh, play us out. Yeah. Oh, dude. And that scene was so, like you said, unexpected. I was not expecting to see a full-on sex scene with a mermaid. Mm-hmm. I mean, as soon as they showed it, I was like, oh, that's a mermaid vagina right there. Yeah. And well, then I was the like, first oh. Time, the first time, they sort of, it was sort of out of frame. Right. Because, uh, you know, later on, he goes back and then has sex with her. Right. Uh, during uh, the masturbation scene with him in that shed. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, which is also uh, really interesting uh, on set-wise, because it was so unbelievably cold that uh, him with his quick rapid movements was um, raising his body temperature and so there's steam coming off of his back oh. because of how unbelievably cold That's it was cool. I, don't I, don't, I don't have a notice that off the and that was the first thing it. that they shot really yeah. <laughs> they just said we gotta get this over with so let's just do it right now <laughs> yeah you know um, so I was showing you this Jeremy so like you know I, I physically own the lighthouse but when I redeemed the digital copy uh, it, it only redeems on a streaming thing called Voodoo. And I was kind of scrolling through, just kind of reading some of the stuff that they have. And they have, like, a, uh, a parental guide on it. And, you know, it, it talks about all the sex and the violence. Um, but what kills me is they have, like, a like a parent what parents need to know about yeah. this film section. Right. And there's a part in it where they even put, if you'll bear with me. A character has sex with a mermaid with thrusting a naked male bottom and naked breasts shown. Ooh. Oh. And it's it's so like and a naked mermaid tail. It's it's so strange that th- they would you know let parents know like hey this is what happens. Well, that's, but it's almost like, like, like parental guide in it on IMDb and everything. They put everything. I know. Well, but it feels like it's so <laughs> it's a weird thing to read anyway. I, I know. <laughs> well, especially the end of theirs it says Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe co-star. After <laughs> like, this, so who's the mermaid? Yeah. <laughs> after this long paragraph about like all the violence and sex and language and drinking mm-hmm. and smoking, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe co-star. Yeah, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just I had to point that out because it was so strange. I was reading it. I was like, I'm sure if you just put there's mermaid sex, parents will be like, okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, I guess not then. You know, but I mean, probably wouldn't stop my dad uh, for sure. <laughs> be like, no way, let's go. Or you get a lot of people that saw The Little Mermaid in their childhood and be like, huh, huh, huh. Makes yeah. me think of I the. Give it a try. Makes me think of the Family Guy inverted mermaid, oh, head of a oh, fish, yeah. body of a man. Yeah. <laughs> I wish to make love to you. <laughs> and Lois is like, no, no. Um, and he's like, I thought it would be switchy. Like, well, then how would that work? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's talk about how it just completely goes off the rails, and now the entire place is in complete disarray, right? Yeah, because they had a, a hurricane flooded the house. 
Yeah. So which means they haven't been making the repairs, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, at first they were very diligent about, yeah, you know, fixing. keeping up with the maintenance of the house, right? And they boarded the windows up, but that didn't seem to matter. Didn't seem to do anything. And so now, I mean, there's water everywhere. And at one point, I mean, it's up to like their knees, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, this is when we get the reveal of uh, Robert finally getting his hands on the logbook and, and the journal that Willem keeps. And that, that's the recurring thing of Robert Pattinson's. He sees him writing it and he doesn't know what he's writing. You know, at some point he tries to steal the keys. Yeah. And in the very beginning, um, where you're not quite sure what's what yet, uh, you see him try to open the desk when they first get in the house. Yeah, he's, he's kind of wandering around the house, and then he goes to it, and he's like oh, yeah. trying to... So this, is, this has been a motivation of his for a while, getting his hands mm-hmm. on this book. Yeah, so, yeah, then we get the reveal that um, even though the whole time Willem Dafoe's been like, yeah, I'm... We're gonna get you a pay raise, and and yeah. you're you're a good worker so far. And then he reads that they need a docket, not pay him for the time he's been there. He's basically it's like a bunch of lies. Yeah. Like you know he he doesn't work, he doesn't do anything, even though we've seen you know he's fixing the roof, he fixed the cistern. He pretty much does everything. Mm-hmm. Willem does nothing, just cooks and goes up to the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and. I feel like that's when just all hell breaks loose. Yeah. Uh, this is when we get their fight scene and the um, the the Willem as a dog scene, which is... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I remember. Which is really interesting. And, it, you know, again, it's very surreal, and it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, right? Because uh, Willem hasn't really shown that he would you know, ever submit in any sort of way. Yeah. Right? And so it's really weird that we get him submitting uh, to Robert's character so quickly, really, if I'm Mm -hmm. being honest. And in such a strange, specific way. Right? Yeah. Making him, like, woof. Yeah. He's like, woof! And, um, again, nothing is faked. When When he's burying Willem, that's real dirt that he's shoveling in his face, and that's... He's like, eat, yeah, and he's eating it, right? Like it's all in his mouth, and he's yeah. chewing it, uh, oh, while giving this crazy monologue, uh, which kind of bookends the monologue that he gives before, um, where he doesn't blink for two minutes. Uh, this kind of faux Shakespearean yeah. uh, monologue. One of the, the one of the best monologues, and it's all because. He thinks he doesn't like the way he cooks. Yeah, <laughs> it's like three minutes of him. Cursing him, like hoping he drowns at sea just because yeah. he doesn't like his lobster, <laughs> which and, I think is amazing. Yeah, which kind of I was telling everyone, which adds to the comedy because then all Robert says is, "All right, have it your way. Yeah. I I like your cooking. Okay." Uh, which you know, in that situation, I'd probably say the same thing because I have no idea how to react to that. Right. What is the response uh, to this this speech that he just gives? This curse that he yeah. puts on him. It's amazing. Right. Yeah. And so we get we get kind of that in this kind of shallow grave that uh, he's putting him in. But then um, he realizes that you know now's my chance to to bail. Right. 
but it turns out Willem's still alive. Comes at him with an axe. That's where we get the axe stuff. Now this is the this is a really cool thing that they did. Uh, was after Willem hits him in the shoulder with the axe. Um, Robert knocks him down, right? And this is all one shot. Mm-hmm. Knocks him down. That was Willem's stunt double. He rolls out of the way. There's a magnet on the floor. He throws the axe down. They spray the blood and um, mm. fake gore yeah. at him, right? And then Willem rolls back uh, or rolls into frame uh, with his head up against the axe so it can all be one shot, right? Damn. Yeah. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. It's extremely impressive. So when we try to do that with uh, you rolling out of the, the out of the bed <laughs> to where I mean that's they obviously maybe had a better choreographer than and they probably practice it right probably practice as, a lot we, more than we, as we practiced it for five minutes and we're like okay I think we got it let's yeah, do it yeah I'm pretty sure we can do it um, and, yeah. and it took us five ton six takes to get it right. Should we like reference to what we're talking? Oh, I'm sorry. We uh, sorry. We we made a short film um, about a month or so ago, uh, based on a Stephen King short story, and a lot of what we referenced for the aesthetic, for the aspect ratio, for the cinematography was the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the first. We'll get back to the movie, everyone. I think it was one of the first things that we all kind of agreed on when we started. Filming, yeah, we're like, I think so. we're like, should we do this like the lighthouse? Yeah, we're like, you know, because you said you wanted it black on white. And I was mm-hmm. like, like you know, I've I've watched the lighthouse recently again. You know, I really like that narrow space, and I feel like that's a perfect thing for someone that's paranoid as they feel right trapped in and closed and yeah. everything's crashing down. I don't know. Yeah, I decided to go with that. I was I was rewatching it again, and Jeremy was like, again. I love it, dude. It's it's one of our best ones. But yeah, I was rewatching. I was like, man, we did, yeah. we did such a good job to, to make, you know, Jeremy look claustrophobic, uh, to make us feel claustrophobic in his headspace. Yeah. So the thing he's referencing is, there's a scene where, I'm laying in a bed, and you see my feet, and Rain is shooting it, and he comes across, and I'm laying in his bed, and we see Jeremy like freaking out, and then we come back, and I'm gone. And I had to, like, I had to lay there, roll out. Fix the bedding. Know, fix the bedding in the time that he went up and then came back down. So it looked like I, nobody was there. And it's very difficult. Yeah, it's not as seamless as they make it look in this film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now that you know the secret, I mean, it's impossible to see because a lot of it, you know, all of it happens off camera. Off camera, yeah. but... Um, the fact that it's just so seamless and how they did it and uh, they had already made up uh, Willem to look dead anyway uh, mm-hmm. already because that was the stunt double so they didn't have to have mm, yeah. right um, Willem not be made up beforehand right yeah. um, speaking of stunt doubles um, uh, during our final two scenes uh, the stunt Robert's stunt double had to fall down those uh, those stairs twice Oh shit! Yeah. Ow. Oh, that sucks. Those metal corkscrew stairs. Yeah. Oh god, that sucks. I know. Because uh, um, at first I was listening to the commentary, and uh, Robert Eggers said that you know, 
He did it once, we looked at it, and I was like, it's not that great, but I don't want to make him do it again. So, but then when he looked at it, the stunt double, he goes, oh no, I got to do that again. <laughs> he yeah, goes, yeah. all right. If you say so. Okay. If you want, stunt people are out of their minds. It, it's like it's like the whole two no's and a yes thing. Like if someone's like, hey, let, let me buy you lunch. No, you don't have to. Come on, you know, you bought me lunch last week. Let me buy you. No. Like, come, come on. Like, what do you want to eat? Well, I mean, since you're offering. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but this one was just, uh, can I see it? Yeah, sure. Ugh. No, let's do it one more time. Re retake. Yeah, and it, it was his idea. I mean, again, stunt people are are psychopaths. Uh, Obviously, they're out of their minds. Uh, not the not the first story I've heard about a stunt guy wanting to do a stunt again because that it didn't look could quite be right. Potentially, yeah, life threatening. <laughs> yeah, I Jesus. mean, again, these guys are nuts. But anyway, uh, before we get to the falling down the stairs, uh, Robert finally gets the keys. The keys to the light in the lighthouse. Because this whole movie has been, yeah, has been him wanting to go work it. But Willem's like, no, that's my job. You do all... And it's, it is played very mysterious. There, there is something about the, the light. light. Yeah. You know, it, it, it must have supernatural properties or something. Yeah, and right? there's even that scene where Willem goes up, he locks it back behind him, and Robert is... Kind of spying on spying him. on him, and you see this like weird tentacle mm-hmm. slide across the grating on the top. Yeah, because and he kind of like just dips out of there because he's not sure. Yeah, and that one, you know, it's you're not really sure if that is actually happening or, or in a hallucination or, or something. Know, they're right. going crazy. Yeah, because right. when the first time I saw that scene, I thought Willem was up there masturbating because we see things kind of falling through the yeah. grate. And even Robert's like, like whoa. And then you hear more, as the subtitles say, squelching sounds. And then you see that tentacle. And yeah, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Like. But then Robert gets the keys and he goes up to it. And he opens it up and looks in it and. Well, it it opens itself. Yeah. Right? So it's spinning. It stops. the, The little hatch opens uh, to reveal the light inside the glass and this is where we get some amazing sound design because um, and where we switch from the orthochromatic Um, so the orthochromatic the way it works is it shows every blemish every hue on your face right so if let's say uh, your, your cheeks are a little red it'll show up really dark, right? Um, And so with Robert having blood on his face, um, what they did was they switched the orthochromatic filter off uh, because they don't make orthochromatic 35 millimeter film stock anymore. You can only buy it in still photography. Um, And they switched it with a red filter to filter out the blood on his face. That's cool. So now it cleans him up a bit, Mm, right? Interesting. Which is awesome, and then they crank the light up, right? And and then we get the 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 foghorn scream again. Well, and that's his actual scream. So he said that on set it was just, I mean, it was amazing to hear how loud and guttural Robert could get his scream. Um, and then what they did with the sound design to make it sort of muffled and yeah. almost far away, amazing. And then he falls down the stairs. Yeah, and then he falls down the stairs. And then we get this very strange 
final shot. Very, very ambiguous final shot, in my opinion. And we'll talk all about that here in a second, but um, he's being picked apart by seagulls outside. Yeah, he's missing an eye. Yep. His stomach is filleted open and being eaten alive by seagulls. That's the movie, right? Um, Okay. Okay. The ending... What did you guys think? What, what, what are your theories? Um, I know we've talked about this theory before, and I, I tend to agree with it, is he never made it to the lighthouse, mm-hmm. that their their ship crashed, and this is, this is reality, and the whole thing has been in his head of what if they had made it to the so lighthouse. So he washed ashore, mm-hmm. broken and, and torn apart by rocks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Seagulls are eating him, and he's just—he's trying he's just to. Sort of, his mind is kind of piecing together. It's almost like shock, almost. It's like yeah. a Jacob's Ladder scenario. Yeah. 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 I I tend to feel that. Yeah, I've read that one as well. Like you said, we've talked about it before. Um, I, that one I I really agree with it because for me it's the only one that makes sense, in my opinion. I mean, okay. but you know that's why there's two other people here. So what do y'all think? Okay. <laughs> well, this plays in with the mythology. Right. Right? So, all right. Uh, to get to this, sorry, it's going to take a minute. Sorry, Alex. You're fine. Um, all right. So I really liked the way this all planned out and I, uh, the way that they explained the mythology. Um, so Willem's character uh, plays uh, Protus. That is his, he's somewhat of a, an old sea god uh, mm-hmm. from Greek mythology. Right. Um, Pattinson plays Prometheus, this trickster god. And I thought Prometheus, was he his trickster god? Because I thought he stole fire for the humans and Zeus cursed him to be chained to a... We're getting there. Oh, okay. Sorry. You're jumping the gun. Jesus I'm Christ. sorry. Jesus Christ. All right. Robert, <laughs> sorry, uh, Prometheus defies the gods and steals the fire from Zeus, right? Right. Uh, that's in here. Um, now, when, um, at the very end, when Robert is getting picked apart by seagulls, right? This is after he had gotten up to the lighthouse and got to open the glass and see the light, right? Mm-hmm. Stealing it from Willem, mm-hmm. right? Okay, yeah. Um, this goes into being chained to a rock and having his liver eaten every single day, right? Which is Prometheus's fate. Right. Right? So after stealing the fire, uh, he was punished by being chained to a rock. Every single day, um, his liver would be eaten. It would grow back overnight, and this would happen every day, forever. Right? And so that plays into the mythology. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Um, I'm so... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, which I kind of liked. So it doesn't really make sense, not necessarily linear-wise, linear storytelling-wise, uh, him just being out there, right? Mm-hmm. But, of course, that's an editing issue, and it's not an issue at all. It's just it's it's the way that our brains work and how the editing sort of defies our way of thinking. We don't know how much time has passed between him falling down the stairs and him lying there. Yeah, right. Yeah. So who knows? Right, I I kind of like to think of it as he is sort of getting 
his his comeuppance, right? He's mm-hmm. sort of getting punished for his his acts on in the lighthouse, right? Right. And this is just happening after he fell on the stairs. And his ex other before he got to the lighthouse too. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. So um, that would be mine. I, I would say that I do like that he never made it. That's a cool idea. But I also don't mind thinking that all of it did happen, and this is just his his fate afterwards. Right. Okay. Yeah. So Alex, Alex. <laughs> let's say it at the same time. I think I like to think it's you know. It's more along along the lines of Jeremy that maybe, perhaps, you know, Willem Dafoe's character is not entirely human, and the lighthouse obviously isn't some regular lighthouse, so he's able to, you know, be around it. However, you know, it's kind of like Medusa or whatever. Mm -hmm. He goes and looks at it, and he dies, in a sense. You know? Like, he... He is not of a supernatural yeah. world, therefore... Uh, he can't handle it. He can't handle it. Gotcha. Yeah. I like You that. know, it, it's funny you say that, Jeremy, because it, it, very early on I did feel like we started to cross the realm of supernatural very early in the film, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of, of, you know, how the seagulls reacted to Robert Pattinson, the... Well, especially the one-eyed seagull, because mm-hmm. the one-eyed seagull is meant to represent Willem's old partner, mm-hmm. who is also missing an eye. So it's almost like that seagull embodies the soul. Yeah, because he does mention partner. that seagulls, you can't use bad luck to kill them because they're supposed to hold the sea, the you know the souls of dead sailors. Mm-hmm. And then later on, you know, you see that one seagull missing an eye. Later on, uh, Robert pulls up that. Little the head, yeah. He pulls up the head inside the little yeah. lobster catch, and it's missing an eye. And you know, later on, earlier on, he's like, "Hey, Willem, what happened to your other guy?" And he's like, "Oh, he went crazy and he killed himself, basically." Yeah. And you're like, "Well, did he kill himself? Right. Did, what do we believe? You know, right. Did he get a little too close to the lighthouse and right? Willem did." Fell? Did he try what Robert succeeded in? Yeah. Which is getting to the light, right? And uh, this this poor guy failed, and uh, Willa may have... Just tossed his body out. Right. Get out of here. Exactly. Which I think is, is, you know, mirrors Robert Pattinson's whole thing of why he's there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Which is, you know, he killed... Did it, does it, I don't remember. Does it mention if why he? he I was, think I think he was up. You know, he kept he kept doing what Willem Dafoe does is, you, you know, he, yeah, that's t- you know, telling his foreman kept you know just yeah, insulting yeah. him and being rude, and then he finally just you know got had enough of it and killed him, which and apparently then is a problem it, in his and life. Then took his name and yeah, dipped out. Yeah, dipped out from Canada. Yeah, I mean, who knows. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the fun of this movie is that we get to speculate, right? And yeah. and then later on, you know, he's drunk. It's it's during the I noticed that last night he's drunk and he's mentioning if uh, Winslow. Uh, yeah. Even yeah. though he says he's Winslow, he's talking about Winslow, and Willem right. the phone's like, w- w- "What are you? Who are you talking about?" 
And at the end, he started to piece together. And it's finally whenever he... They're both drunk. It's after one of their fights, too, towards the end. Mm. Which is kind of weird, because they're laying on each other. Yeah. Because, you know, they, like, tried to murder each other. And then they're, like, just, like, you know, too exhausted to do anything. Uh, He finally spills his beans. Yeah. And mentions, oh, yeah, I killed this guy. And he's like, yeah, that's what I figured. Now I don't trust you, and I feel like you're going to do that to me, so... Right, and does. and we we see him in sort of a, a weird hallucination. Mm-hmm. You know, this striking white hair that this guy has uh, is actually uh, Robert Pattinson's barber. Oh, uh, yeah, what a weird <laughs> yeah, because uh, they were uh, they were getting Willem's uh, beard dyed uh, for when he becomes that sea monster oh, in yeah. that right. And they saw the barber, and uh, Robert Edgar said, he looks just like my references for who Winslow's supposed to be. They're like, buddy, do you mind putting <laughs> you his clothes on and let's do stuff? You don't have to say anything. You just have to let Robert kill you. Yeah. Well, so and it's, yeah, and he is in the, somewhere in the beginning um, in the in the ocean when he, um, when Robert walks off the pier into the water and yeah, there's yeah. all those logs and oh yeah see, I figured that's what that was yeah yeah and and so we we get him in, in two scenes and so um, the reason why I neglected telling you their characters names and instead I'm going by actors because they they change mm-hmm. right uh, Winslow becomes Thomas later or whatever and you know he isn't Winslow it's this other guy you know, and so the the fact that their characters change is also very strange, and um, we don't know what to believe, and all that stuff. It's but then Willem Dafoe is also a Thomas, right? The same name, yeah. Which uh, you know, I've read that the the double Thomas in a lighthouse going crazy is an actual, real thing that happened. Yes, like it's an actual account of two people that went mad and killed each other. Yes. Um, there's also a story of, um, I don't know if it was just two of them, but it was a, it was at least two uh, in this lighthouse, and people showed up to relieve them uh, to switch, right? And um, there was dinner on the table. There was, you know, a fire that was going out, and they weren't there. And they have no idea where they went, and they were never found, so... Uh, lighthouses are very strange and it's a very strange job to have is sticking two people in this very very tight space for long periods of time I know that is really strange I love strange disappearances I read about them all the time welcome back to the the true crime strange disappearances podcast oh my god I would love that can we (laughs) alright guys fuck this movie shit let's talk about (laughs) <laughs> well, we're just going to do uh, weird disappearances uh, from now on. I know a good one, but uh, takes place in San Angelo. Oh, oh yeah? Far from me. Oh, I'll tell you about Jesus. it later. Okay, cool. I can't wait for that. Um, all that to be said is that this movie is phenomenal because it's up for interpretation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so unique in, its, in the way it's filmed, and it's almost amazing that someone said... Yeah, we'll pay for you to make that. Well, yeah, it, it goes back to our ghost story episode. A24 trust yep. their directors. You know, um, as we were kind of talking about it off mic, you know, I'm really excited for his next movie, The Northman. Yeah. And I, I was telling you, I'm a little disappointed that 
it's not being produced by A24, it's being produced by Focus. Which, I mean, Focus still... Yeah, Focus also gives They, full, they trust their directors. Yeah, because, I mean, we're talking, you know, like, Nocturnal Animals was Focus. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking awesome. And that movie's amazing, right? And they just give Tom Ford, who's only done one movie in his life, the option to do whatever he wants. So I, I feel like that's not going to be a problem. Yeah. Also, I'm really looking forward to whenever he gets Nosferatu off the ground. Oh, yeah. I just read about yeah. that recently. Because he was, he was supposed to have done that years ago. And so it was like going to be his movie after The Witch. And so once he gets Nosferatu off the ground, it's going to be amazing. But uh, but anyway, you know, it just... A24, man, they... So what they, you're saying is by the time we have a feature written, we should go to... A24, A24 absolutely. A hundred percent. Probably. Like we can chunk, pull out something strange and obscure, and they were like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're in. Go but, for it. We're not sure what you're doing, but here's some money. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, we we probably have to write like a, an extremely like avant-garde surrealist movie. You're talking my language right now. Because I feel like if we just went with them like just like with a straightforward script, it'd be like, all right, sure. I mean, I guess it's like the lighthouse. Except this time, a woman is having sex with a minotaur. All right. And like go minotaur on. is played by <laughs> Michael Fassbender. <laughs> they go on the the exec leans forward. Yes. Continue. Continue. Uh, uh, Jefferson, lock the door, please. <laughs> Hold all my calls. Uh, go get the uh, the company uh, credit card, please. Uh, we need to finance this immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Someone give me my checkbook. But if we just went in with like a very like basic script, they'll be like, um, "Come back when you have uh, two men just screaming what at each other for no reason." What? 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 It's fan- <laughs> that 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 whole thing is fantastic. And again, it that's what I mean. It's unbelievable. These two actors are so good. You know, Willem is of course always great. But again, I feel like I always have to defend Robert Pattinson, which I shouldn't have to. He's done great things already, and a lot of great things already. And mm-hmm. now Tenant. And now Tenant. I know. Even though I'm a little disappointed that it may be a little longer than 2021 till we get the Batman, but. At least we've got tenant right now. Yeah, we got tenant. Uh, should we mention the, the the little method that Robert Pattinson would use to like <laughs> hype himself up? Oh yeah, about? yes. Uh, well, we joked about what we would do for your yeah paranoid. Yeah, because um, you know, because filming conditions were so grueling on this, and everything was so cold. Uh, would you like to take this, Alex, from here? Uh, I just mean like you know, in order to get in that right state of mind. You know, Robert Pattinson would do all kind of weird stuff to himself. You know, he'd slap himself in the face. He would drink rainwater, yeah, which was gross. You know, uh, like, shove his fingers down his throat to, like, you know, get his adrenaline flowing. But I tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> I don't think you're going deep get, enough, though. I wasn't going deep enough? No, yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was so gross. I and then, it. didn't Willem say, if Robert fucking pukes yeah. on yeah, me? Yeah, if Robert pukes on me, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so... I'm done. <laughs> yeah, but I did read that because of all the the, the grueling yeah filmmaking process that Robert and Willem never got a chance to really like connect yeah, and hang like, out, kind of know, know each other. Yeah. It wasn't until I think I read like the last day of shooting when they finally like sat down and talked. Yeah, because uh, Robert Eggers mentioned on the director's commentary that there was one in one of their you know shouting at each other scenes, uh, Pattinson yanks a drawer out and threw it at Willem's knee 
right? Mm-hmm. And he goes, that was some interesting tension on set. And I was like, really? Mm-hmm. But they're actors. Don't they know that they don't mean it? But like, but now knowing that they didn't really talk to one another beforehand, yeah. they don't really know each other. You don't know, so Will, you know if that's something at you or right. something your character's done. Yeah, so Will's probably like, oh, should I come back twice as hard? Yeah. It's, like, it's, is he mad at me? Or did I say something? Yeah. So I also read that, you know, how they treated the crew. Or like the the two actors dealt with the crew was very interesting. Like, on set, uh, you know, Robert would eat by himself, like during meals, and Willem Dafoe would like you know hang out with them, hang out with the crew, socialize. But you know when when they weren't filming, when they went back for the day and they were done, Willem would kind of had this cabin to himself. Rather, Robert Pattinson stayed in the hotel with the rest of them and like went out and did some stuff, hmm. hung out with them. So there's sort of opposites in that way. Yeah. To where Willem needs sort of solitude to reflect and prepare for the next day. Yeah. Where Robert doesn't. Robert's got to go get lit, dog. Yeah. And that's also another thing that they I read that uh, you know Willem, who's trained classically, he likes to rehearse. Robert Pattinson doesn't like to rehearse because he wants, you know, he doesn't want to use up all of his emotional. Range. And, oh right, and he kind of you know, wants the spontaneity yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. Because he doesn't want to like get worn down, right? And not have something you know to pull out of like oh here's this. Yeah, and in the commentary they kept, he kept mentioning Robert's choices, you know. So like he would like um, he would come back in the house and he's drenched, right? And he would just shake his head <laughs> back and forth to get the water out. Yeah. And uh, he's wearing you know his uh, his. You know, oils or whatever his, mm-hmm. whatever. and he goes, yeah, that was an interesting choice. I, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> you know, just really just frantically shaking his head to get the water out of his ears. It kind of makes me think of the scene where he's got the wheelbarrow and he's going to the other cabin. And he yes. starts like, like a dog licking up the rainwater that's blowing yeah, into he his said face. That was an interesting choice too. He's like, I have no idea why he did that. <laughs> uh, but there was also a scene where uh, he was sort of animated, trying to get the wheelbarrow to mm-hmm. the. Right, and he said that was the tamest take because he was doing like some real Buster Keaton shit, like doing the splits and like really hamming it up with the physical uh, comedy. <laughs> and so you know, he chose the one that was a little pulled back. There's yeah. a scene that I really love in the movie, um, and it's probably one of the grosser scenes. It's after they, they have a good drunk, and Robert wakes up before Willem, and he takes their piss pots. And mm. oh, yeah. he throws them, and, but and shit. all the shit and piss just flies back. fly back into his face, and he just kind of stands there and, and then just screams. Ah. Yeah, and I love it because he cuts it mid-scream. Oh yeah, you love that. I love that. Perfectly <laughs> cut screams. And then you know he comes back, and then it's like the day before that he's like, "You smell a shit. <laughs> I need you to, to to get cleaned up." And he's just like, "Uh huh, uh-huh. yeah, I sir." So do we want to mention the uh, the scene where I think it's right after he's masturbating, mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson, and he goes outside and and I don't remember he you know Willem Dafoe follows him mm-hmm. and he's naked. Oh, eyes. yeah. So it's uh, it's a great homage to this painting. Uh, do you remember the name of the painting? God damn it. That's all right. We just looked it up. So That's why we looked it up. I know. That's all right. We'll figure it out here in just a second. That's why we need interns. And it's 
And it's unbelievable. It's Willem is naked and uh, he is staring and almost about to attack Robert Pattinson. It's called Hypnos by Sasha Schneider. And the light is coming from Willem's eyes onto Robert Pattinson's face, and it's amazing. It's so well done, and it's such a it's such a unique interlude in the story. Yeah. Um, because it's sort of like it sort of reminds me of like Lars von Trier. It, it reminds me of the House of the Jack Belt, mm. right? Where we get these small interludes of these almost uh, lifelike paintings, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, oh, yeah. Like Jack yeah, and Verge on the boat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is almost meant to look exactly like the painting, right? This is a little different to where they, they change some things up or whatever, but... Um, and then that scene is sort of another clue for me as to that, you know, Willem Dafoe's character is, a, is something supernatural himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know... He has the light inside of him. Right. From the lighthouse. He's seeing Robert Pattinson. You know, and in that scene, it's sort of like, you know, because Willem Dafoe's completely naked. You know, he has nothing to hide. Robert Pattinson is clothed. clothed. He's hiding the fact that he murdered his foreman. Yeah, he sees, with the light, he sees that himself, and he knows. Right. That's sort of how I... No, yeah, that's really, really good. I really like that interpretation. Um... I t- I'll, I'll agree. I, I, I really like that interpretation a lot. And I never really thought about it that way, which is why I'm glad there's three of us talking about this. Um, we should do a podcast or something. We should. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, a, what a fantastic idea. <laughs> so, Jeremy. Yeah. Are you ready to wrap up, wrap up, wrap up? Yeah. Sure. Um, phenomenal film. Big fan. Um, I'm excited to see what he's got going on. A lot of... Like, I'm a part of the Ari Aster fan group on Facebook. They they always group these two together. They group Robert Eggers and Ari Aster together. I can see why. Which, of course, I can see why. And I think it's because these two right now are, like, the, the up-and-coming auteurs for these strange, horror, surreal films. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm excited to see what they come up with next. And they've yeah, each got two under their belt, and... You know, we'll see what they got. Um, and we got the Northmen coming, I think they said, next year. And I don't know what Ari Aster's doing. It'll be out. So. I have. I don't think he's working on anything that's been said that he's working on. It. For right now. He yeah. did those two way too fast. Yeah, one right after the Yeah, one right it's after. It's crazy how... They're like a year apart. How short Midsummer was made. Yeah. Like from when it was greenlit to when it was... For how long premiered. it is. Yeah. It's only a year and a month, which is insane. Yeah. I mean, for the amount... For, for, yeah. Listen. In fu- filmmaking terms. Future episode, by the way, but in terms of the the scope of the film, the way it looks, and all of the stuff that had to go into it, I mean, yeah. that's not enough time. But he pulled it off. Yeah. So, so Jeremy, what are we doing next week? All right. So, I've... I've uh, <sighs> thought a lot about this okay um so i just like i said watched charlie kaufman's new film last night uh, i'm thinking of ending things on netflix it's probably the best film i've seen all year and probably will be the best film i've seen i'll see all year i'll go ahead and throw that out there so i want to do a charlie kaufman okay um i don't want to do that one too fresh too new right let this sink in a little bit longer i'll probably watch it again tonight 
Um, so I want to do one that I've only seen maybe once um, and that I loved and that I don't think a lot of people talk about and they really should. It's called Anomalisa. Oh, I think I've heard of that. And we're going to watch Anomalisa and we're going to talk about it next week. It is um, stop motion, um, human drama, and it's surreal, it's um, it's heartbreaking, it's phenomenal. I'm a yes, big, big fan of Charlie you, Kaufman. You love bumming me out. I do, but I think this one's going to be a little different. It is a little heartbreaking, it is sad, but... I don't think you'll feel too bummed out. Hmm. But you'll be impressed. I'll tell you that. Well, uh, we hope everyone enjoyed The Lighthouse. Uh, thanks to our buddy Alex. Thank you, Alex. For always coming in and giving us his prospective. Prospective. It's always a pleasure. Uh, and we will see everyone next week for... Anomalisa. Anomalisa. It's of a merchant's daughter brought up in Calio. Rob me other girls who let me go. She took me in the parlor and said, won't you be me beau? Rob me other girls who let me go. Oh, do let me go, me girls, do let me go. Rob me other girls who let me go. So for lads and wasn't it to go? Hurrah, me other girls, who let me go? And about the hour of twelve o'clock, her old money come home. Hurrah, me other girls, who let me go? Oh, do let me go, me girls, do let me go. I was out a walking down by the riverside. Hurrah, me other girls, do let me go. It was there I seen this pretty girl swimming in the tide. Hurrah, me other girls, do let me go. Oh, do let me go, me girls, do let me go. Hurrah, me other girls, do let me go. As I was out a walking all in the bright moonlight. I seen the girl swimming and her eyes, they shone so bright. Hurrah, me other girls, do let me go. Oh, do let me go, me girls, do let me go. Hurrah, me other girls, do let me go. I wish I was in Madame Gashi's down in Calio. Hurrah, me other girls, do let me go. The girls hold on your above stay and they never let it go. Hurrah, me other girls, do let me go. Oh, do let me go, me girls, do let me go. Cast a line round out of your shoes and take the house in tow. Hurrah, me other girls, do let me go. We'll tow it back to Liverpool all the way from Calio. Hurrah.